Good afternoon, everybody. Oh, it's afternoon. That's right. Okay, we're letting uh we're letting people uh you know uh take a break from listening to it before they sleep, and now you're doing a little little afternoon listen of, of the Sound Direction podcast, a menswear podcast without the stuff. to said it twice. Hey, everybody! I got news for you. You slept in too late. Now you're late for work. Stop the podcast. Go to work. Oh then, my god! Do you think people listen to us at work? Uh, if they do, I'm going to tell their boss. They should get fired. Don't listen to <laughs> the podcasts at work. It's distracting. It's time theft from your management. Time, uh, which time is my theft, least favorite it, crime. Is time theft like the genre of movie that Avengers Endgame was? Uh, yeah, actually it was. Okay. I think, and that's I mean, why I think you shouldn't, I mean, that's why you shouldn't do it at work. I mean, fucking going <laughs> back to a bunch of different, like, points of New York or whatever. Don't do it. <laughs> You'll get fired if you do it. You'll get fired. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where uh, were to be you? clear, oh, I sorry. think time theft is cool. So feel free to listen to the podcast. Yeah, we th- we think that your employers suck, and uh, <laughs> you know if if they're stealing value from your labor, then you'll steal time from them, from their lifespan. <laughs> it's like the. Have you seen the movie In Time? Yeah, we keep referencing it on the podcast. Because it's the best movie ever made. I've never actually seen it. No, I, I've only seen like, I just the know the plot. Yeah. It's the one where it's on their wrist at all times, right? Like the like yeah, the main lifespan. They have like they their wall they have like a digital display on their wrist that shows how much time they have left and that's uh uh-huh. one to one with how much money they have. So <laughs> So wait, as time goes, that's the future of menswear. Uh, well, yeah, I was gonna say wait that as t- I was gonna say if time goes on, your money goes down. But I f- yes, kind of makes so sense. So the economy is constantly disappearing. <laughs> yeah. So how do you and, and you get more from other people? I mean, I guess it is kind of like a commentary on like the rich people get to live longer and they have the resources, right? Like that's yeah, they all the get to look deal. like Vincent Carthizer for decades. <laughs> I remember seeing him in the uh, social media documentary, and I'm like, "Man, this is what happened, dude!" Like, yeah, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done much acting since Mad Men. I think he's like done a couple like indie short films. He was in a he was in a TV show where he played like a Nazi collaborator or something. Makes sense like, for uh, what he looks like. Yeah, like he plays like an American businessman who yeah. like collaborates with the Nazis. Um, but that's that's all I know that he's been in uh, since Mad Men. I don't, yeah, I can't imagine anything else. I mean, other than that social media doc where he, well, it's like a slight documentary with like a narrative built right in, right? And he plays like his his addiction to social media, like the character's yeah. addiction or something. Oh, no, he plays like the algorithm or something like that, right? Huh. Yeah, I haven't weird. seen that one. It's like, uh, it's, the, it's like In Time where I haven't seen it. <laughs> every, every movie we haven't seen is like In Time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of time, uh, by the way, I'm Ethan. I'm Wong, and I'm uh, Spencer Adi. That's right. Full free yeah. last name. Uh, this is the Mentor Podcast. You know, first first five minutes, we're just chilling, uh, talking about open. stuff. Yeah, cold, cold open. We had to close that fridge. That should be that should be my next monogram. You know, after don't tell close the doctor. <laughs> better better close that fridge. Okay, <laughs> that's that's there the new go. one. Yeah, well, hey guys, start start that in your conversations and, and credit that. Say that's from Ethan, and they go, "Who's Ethan?" Well, when are they gonna? When does that phrase like come in? Like, what what context do you use that phrase? Uh, when things are getting out of hand, maybe. Like, okay. Oh man, better close that fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and they say the fridge it's is like uh, Pandora's box. You know, you just want to close that thing. <laughs> yeah anything anything you want to close is a pandora's box like, yeah, and anything like, you haven't seen is in time <laughs> yeah like like you're using the restroom and someone forgets to close hey better close the pandora's box and the guy's <laughs> taking his shit's like what are you talking about man <laughs> <laughs> letting all the evils out and that's that's what we call shit <laughs> yeah that's how that's where it came from pandora's box nobody take it nobody took a shit until pandora opened that box 
And, the, and, and, then, the, and then she opened that box and all of a sudden some guy somewhere was like, whoa, this feels weird. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and that man was DJ Brownhout. <laughs> that man was DJ Brownhout. I gotta invent a sound to get this feeling out. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't even know if we've explained that on the pod before, but maybe it's a stream thing. I, I mean, um, apparently, like, we just independently came up with it, uh, like yeah. a South Park joke. Like, That's we told right. this to a friend of ours. So, like, it was just this time that Ethan and I were goo. I think we have talked about this on a stream. We're, like, we goofing. To. And we we came up with a hypothetical DJ Brown note, who yeah. is a DJ that only plays the brown note. And we were wondering, if you and, went to see him, would you wear yeah. no pants and just shit on the floor? Or would you wear a diaper? Um, and then we, we were talking about that. We were crying, laughing, and we told it to our friend later. And he's like, oh, yeah, from South Park. And we're like, sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't really watch a lot of South Park, so I, I'm, I'm... I don't uh... watch South Park, and so I was like, wait, we're like Trey Parker and Matt Stone. <laughs> That's, like... not, yeah. That's us. Yeah, Ethan yeah. Spencer, Trey Parker, Matt, Sto- Matt Sloan, Stone. 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 And every movie we haven't seen is in time. <laughs> yep. That's it. Uh, well, anyway, uh, let me go back to my, my segue here. Speaking of in time, we're talking about the future in this episode, the future right. of menswear. Um, and full disclosure, if freaking this... uh, the amazing Criswell on this episode, tell us about the future. I'm not, I, that, that one's lost on me. I don't know what that one is. Oh, I haven't shown, you haven't seen uh, Ed Wood yet, right? No, not yet. No. Okay. Well, he, he, here's a little fun uh, history lesson okay. for everybody <laughs> uh the amazing criswell was a los angeles like tv personality in the 50s who would just make a bunch of like really inaccurate uh, predictions on tv okay and he's so, uh, he's in plant he's in a bunch of ed wood movies okay so. like plan nine or something yeah exactly okay all right well yeah i gotta watch yeah. it yeah i know uh, i gotta watch ed wood it's, it's, it's like movie. in time good, cool clothes in it too <laughs> yeah um yeah, well yeah a patreon episode one day so we uh full disclosure we have actually done this discussion on stream before but if you weren't one of like the 15 people who were there watching it it is unfortunately lost to you forever uh mm-hmm. due to a really random twitch glitch where it just removes our audio twitch and glitch. i tried to get it back yeah twitch glitch tgs um but uh it started off in our discord a little bit and in, in our in our patreon discord feel free to join us uh we you know we do discussions events where people can submit topics and one of them was submitted by our our friend john who said uh what are our predictions of where hashtag men's is headed next will drake start selling berets Will RL maintain relevancy post Ralph? Knock on wood. Uh, and uh, will the Bullshot Book Club actually start reading books? And it's kind yeah. of a fun thing to kind of see, you know, where things are going. Uh, the Drake's thing, right? Where uh, I think that Drake's is coming out after, like, you know, the rise of EG, Evan Kenori wearing casual suits or like work suits, and they're starting to do some of that now. Um, lots of brands are kind of becoming like RL. Berets are being big, you know. And we kind of <clears throat> took this kind of lighthearted like in in initial discussion and we combined it with um the 15 minute well i i'm not a unfortunately not yet a a a blamo patron but i did listen to the episode the preview of when jeremy talked to die workwear Derek guy and in that 15 minutes they talk a little bit about the quote resurgence of menswear and a lot of people are really hopeful about it because you know oh we're coming out of work from home whatever yeah uh, people might be wanting to dress up more uh, and Derek says he doesn't believe that the resurgence of menswear is actually a real thing you know it's a little bit maybe I don't I might be taking words out of his mouth but to me it sounds like you know it, we're blowing it a little bit out of out of proportion because I think it's you know it's not going to be the same thing as it was in like 2009 mm-hmm. and uh, that's the purpose of this discussion we're kind of diving into those two things you know where we think brands are going what do we think about people re- returning to menswear um, but let's start off with the resurgence of menswear and I will say, like I said, I don't believe Enzo is coming back. I really don't think <laughs> it'll ever be like that because it's, you know, all these well, people are like. So to be to be clear again, you're talking about like when like like menswear was like a big cultural thing. Exactly. In the early 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And no, I mean, I was in the. Uh, I was. I was. I've only been in Clubhouse like twice, by the way. And there is a great. Um, and again, I can only say great for the two times I've been in there. But it's like <laughs> a menswear uh, clubhouse, which was started by Greg Lelouch of No Man Walks Alone. A couple of people were in it, and obviously as he is a brand owner, a retailer of a lot of great brands that we all enjoy. Um, he did ask about how people feel about dressing up and, you know, returning to the office or whatever. And 
clearly there is still a difference here. Like the price point of No Man Walks Alone is not the price point that Spencer and I can enjoy, uh, at least in this stage of our lives. You can listen to the money episode. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of the discourse is a little positive. Like, oh, yeah, people uh, are want like there's a little bit of sentiment that they want to dress up after being at home for so long. You know, they they want to they want to I think uh, in our Twitch stream, someone brought up the that like Twitter post where guys like he's retiring his sweatpants and he's like he like yeah. tacked it to the wall or something. I, I think it is kind of like half and half because I'm seeing a lot right. of that of people being like, I'm tired of, you know, like wearing pajamas or sweatpants or whatever all day. But then I'm also seeing a bunch of people being like, never going back to jeans again or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's I think it's kind of like it's it's fifty fifty. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's it just kind of depends who you talk to, right? Because I've met a couple of people who work in like offices, you know, like our like our lawyer friends who are like, yeah, you know what? Like I don't really want to wear sweatpants anymore. And then you have people who maybe were like you know who are like interns or something who were like forced to wear suits. Or, you know, I mean, not mm-hmm. forced, but you know, like they were encouraged dress codes and everything, and they're like. You know, now that there's relaxed, like, oh, I can't wait to just wear jeans or wear shorts to the office now, you know. And I think that Spencer and I are kind of also on the 50-50 because we don't like dress codes. We don't yeah. like, you know, we don't like that idea that, you know, you have to wear a suit. But we also like the idea of dressing up. And there's still that social aspect of it that, you know, that Derek kind of talked about where it takes, you know, something that we've been missing is is kind of like flexing on other people or or at least you know mm-hmm. the camaraderie around dressing up and that's kind of an important part of it and i don't it's it's still early to say we're still recording this in early april people are starting to get the vaccine people are starting to go back to work and everything i'm you know we're at my work we're talking about when we're going to go back um and you know clothing again like kind of goes both ways but in terms of menswear i i don't know it's it's kind of a weird thing where as we've talked about a lot in the stream, classic menswear has a, a unique space in people's minds where it's tied to like connotations of like mm-hmm. old money and class and lifestyle, even if it's not really there anymore, which you'll maybe hear in a future episode or on stream. Um, it just like a suit represents so much to, to different people. And it's hard to say if people will want to be a part of that again, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, what I one thing that I I talked about a little bit on the lost stream, yeah, uh, and that I could see happening is just as time goes on, there is just going to be less and less um, monoculture in in fashion. I mean, there's like less and less monoculture in general. Um, yeah, but I I think we're we're, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get closer to a point where. <laughs> just like everything else fashion becomes like a very 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 individual thing and people can just wear what they want you know yeah um and so it's not it's not necessarily that everyone is going to want to dress up quote unquote in suits again it's just that and again this is a big if probably yeah, we're, we're, actually yeah. happen but it could be something where people wear suits and it's not necessarily dressed up. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, pinstripe structured suits. It might be something closer to like, you know, the engineered garment suit or the game yeah. suit, whatever. Yeah. The but, casual takes on it. Yeah. Just like a matching pant and jacket. That's right. Yeah. That's and and you do, you do see that. Uh, yeah. Like we said, like not just engineered garments, but you know, people are wearing like short coats and short pants, mm-hmm. military stuff. Um, and, yeah, I, I really do think that that's probably maybe where it's going to go. Um, and I do think people also will enjoy wearing, like, tailor or soft tailoring. I think that'll maybe make a... It's already made kind of a, a, a mainstream comeback, you know, with Suit Supply. And I think, like, mm-hmm. Uniqlo Easy Jackets are, are doing it as well. Or they have been doing it. But that idea about, you know, basically, dressing... Basically, every mall place at this point sells, like, has a quote-unquote, like, travel suit or whatever. Or unstructured something. kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's good. I mean, guys still like to wear, you know, it's kind of a generational thing too. Where I, it's going to be hard to see like the indie culture of kids trying to get into tailoring. Um, whereas you know maybe now like the millennial guys might like maybe we're shifting out of the uh, blue chinos with tan shoes kind of thing <laughs> a little bit. But these yeah. guys are still wearing like unstuck. They like wearing unstructured jackets. You see that a little bit. Like my dad still wears like an unstructured blazer every once in a while, you know. And he's kind of in that post menswear, you know, gingham, you know, check shirt, which you know, blue chinos kind of a thing. Um, 
And of course you have like those like mid-town uniform guys, you know, maybe when they're not um, wearing their vests, they still wear like an unstructured jacket, you know, it's still that kind yeah. of a thing. Um, of, of course, there's also that, that, that safari jacket trend, you know, like, like Don Johnson in, in Knives Out wearing a, mm-hmm. like the, the dad safari jacket with like, yeah, like the, the wool tweed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and some of course, people jungle jackets are are getting big now. Yeah. So there is still that idea that you know what you wear. It doesn't have to be like if you're not just wearing a hoodie. There's still like a jacket, pant, maybe like a button up shirt that's still kind of happening. Yeah. But I I do like what you said, Spencer, about like you know not having monoculture and it being so like fractured in a good way. Like there's going to be a lot more subset. I mean that's what hashtag mentor was, right? Like it was such a a distinct niche from the business suit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, okay, so before I get into some other stuff about menswear, I, I, I think that I just want to say, I don't think it'll happen again because the original one happened at the right place at the right time. And I did say this on, in the clubhouse thing with Greg, cause I apparently was the only one who was really talking, but it's like, you know, Mad Men was there, you know, the research, like the reboot of James Bond was there, you mm. know, there was a lot of happening in like 2006, 2007 to kind of, unfortunately kind of bring this masculine energy back to dressing up right like until then you didn't really have like yeah like office space right where uh this might be a little too cultural right but like you know kind of making fun of the whole office life and then you had madmen like oh yeah fuck yeah suits are fucking cool man like <laughs> at an office smoking you know whatever james bond tuxedos um you had that you had tumblr you had the like and the rise of tumblr because tumblr was still new like 2006 you had the beginning of instagram like 2008 right you had like Facebook just like exploding in 2009 2010 you know all like social media really kind of became its own thing as hashtag venture was happening right mm-hmm. I think even in the for the armory um in, in that episode on blamo Mark says that you know he never really used it until Arnold Wong who worked at a tire house I don't know what he's doing now but you know Arnold is younger and he goes hey Mark you should post on Tumblr and you know then as we know what happened they exploded you know all the fit pics and everything and so but now you don't really like you don't go on to tumblr then you see like a guy on a cobblestone street anymore now you see like anything you want on instagram social media and and you have a lot of people who are smarter than to trust the explore page i mean you still have mm-hmm. a lot of explore page outfits but it's still you know uh it's a lot more nuanced than that. And there's a lot of like different subgroups. So I don't really think that hashtag mentor and that, that idea will happen because now there's again, not that like big cultural push. Like, okay. I have to dress up now. This is what YouTube's telling me to do. Yeah. I don't see mad men and, and everything. Mean, yeah. And you brought up mad men, but, and I don't think there has been like a cultural thing where like one piece of media has such a big and immediate, immediate influence on style. Uh, than Mad Men did because that hasn't really happened since, and I can't see I can't see that happening again. Because you brought yeah. you in the notes here, we have the Crown as an example, which a lot of people did. You know, see they the did. Crown and, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that was a lot more on the women's side, where now everyone just wants to dress like Princess Diana. Um, but that did not have that does not have the staying power of Mad Men. Yeah, I like, mean, you it, had a little bit where like, like you know, Barber the, stuff. The jumped Crown up didn't too, right? like yeah. After the latest season, the the Crown, there weren't like a million different brands doing lookbooks and waxed cotton jackets and like you know yeah. writing pants or whatever. Uh, in the same way that Mad Men, just everyone started making skinny suits and doing sixties you know style lookbooks. Right. I mean, and also like Madwood came also, you know, came in hand in hand with, with Tom Brown too. Like there was still mm-hmm. that kind of, that kind of uh, big deal. GQ was, you know, writing about it at the time. And nowadays, right? Like, yeah, there are a lot of trends out there. There's like engineered garment stuff. There's, excuse me, take a shot. Uh, you know, like Armani suits are kind of coming back like that kind of wide fit, but they don't have the staying power. They just don't, yeah. they don't, they, they might be in for a little bit, but then brands aren't either aren't fast enough or if they do it, it's, it's, it's too late or they just don't think it's worth it to kind of recreate. And, and then we move on to the next thing. You know, mm. I think even now, I don't even know what trends in in fashion are now that are like that big of a deal, because if, if TikTok, and again, I know this is, it's all still very, you know, based on where you are, but you can still see now, like on the street in LA, you can still see the skinny suit next to like a wide suit next to a guy wearing moto jeans next to a guy wearing like raw ham dicky pants or something like that. These are all coexisting now. Whereas before, mm-hmm. you know, these guys, if they wanted to look good, they would 
all wear the check shirt with the blue pants and the and the tan shoes right or even that like before it was that and the turtleneck with like pants and the chain and the like and the uh camel <laughs> the overcoat beige, like yeah the camel yeah. jacket but now and yeah and yeah and that, those things are still here combined with other things and there's that still that like also that fighting power right where uh in classic menswear uh, or, or men's fashion in general has this idea like, well, I don't want to be trendy. I got to stay with what I am. And if I do a trend, I'm like not being authentic to myself. And we're going to have an episode on authenticity. But I think that prevents, that also kind of prevents things from kind of melding together because now there is no set mm-hmm. thing. Everyone's, everyone wants to stay where they are, good or bad thing. Um, and that contributes to a, a, a fractured you know, fashion culture where everything kind of just stays where you are. Like, again, like I said, these guys still wear, like as much as people hate them, people still wear moto jeans. That's still out there. Um, Man, I'm just, I'm thinking about it now. And uh, as every, if everything gets more fractured and individualized, that might be good for acceptance of fashion, but it's going to be way harder for people, I think, to get into it. It's going to be way more overwhelming. (laughs) For like yeah. people getting into dressing better, you you and already. I, mean, I think see, people yeah. have, people were talking about this like when Brooks Brothers or you know J Crew or whatever all those stores were uh, going bankrupt. Is it's it's kind of nice to have kind of a basic store that sells like well made yeah. things that anyone you can, can go, go in yeah you can go in there decent. and you know kind of just have pick whatever you want and you'll you'll look quote good right yeah um but There's yeah you know jumping off point. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's interesting to kind of see this because uh, you already see that. Yeah, you already see that now where people are so ingrained in what they're wearing is good that yeah, it makes it makes it kind of harder. Like they're just overwhelmed with all the different choices, and then mm-hmm. they don't feel the need to kind of try and experiment. You know, like that's why we still run into issues with guys saying, "Oh, well, your pants are too like tight," even though like there's a lot of examples of wide leg pants looking good out in the mainstream, but it's just like yeah. there's just so much out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of the closing things for this resurgence of menswear is, um, I mean, I, I will say to give credit, and Jeremy said this in his podcast, where some people are choosing to get kind of dressed up again. You know, these the, as people get older, as people kind of get into this post sneaker world where they realize, you know, designer collabs aren't all that what they want, or it's too it's too much to keep up with it, especially how, how mainstream collabs are getting lately. You know, not just Supreme, but everything is doing some kind of collab. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good where classic menswear kind of just stays the same, you know, where you said. And so if people can can uh, can realize that, they kind of fall into it. Like Jeremy said that his friend who like you know buys off-white jordans was like hey where do i get like a db club blazer where do i get that bespoke made and that's kind of fun you know and and we do see that now like like our friend doug uh he kind of mixes stuff now but initially when i first met him he said like yeah he used to like resell a lot of like sneakers and stuff and then now he likes mm-hmm. wearing like like but what he actually wears now is like the same like cordovan penny loafers that he like thrifted and like uh, like ocbds and everything like that you know there is that idea that some guys do like classic menswear as maybe yeah. maybe not as a rebellion, but as kind of like a calming down point, you know, where you don't as your priorities shift somewhere else, especially right with like COVID, you know, returning to real life, going back to the office, you know, focusing on work, maybe then instead of like, okay, well, instead of buying all these collabs, buying whatever is cool i can just buy a fucking blazer and chinos and loafers and i can just i can just sit there you know um Mm -hmm. i will i will say another point um uh, and again we're still we're we're at this point hope seeing the light at the end of the tunnel but we're still in the pandemic that's right we did also we did kind of talk about this yesterday but uh for right now anytime i see people seems like a special occasion um and so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, I think when we, when we start going out again, <laughs> like I'm going to be dressing up slightly more just cause it's like, why not? Like I'm seeing friends, I'm having a good time. I want to look, right. I want to look sharp. I want to look my best. Well, I think, and, and I think I that's really, I feel like that's the thing that's, even if you're not as into menswear or fashion in general, that might, that, that might be a common thing. Right. And, and hopefully maybe after this, like, like we said earlier, the, the lesson is you don't like, you're not dressed up. I mean, you're dressing up, but you're not dressed formally. You're just dressing to look good. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. hopefully tailoring at this point or as we get there, tailoring is seen as an option, like we always keep saying, as instead of like, well, you got to look you gotta look formal, you got to stunt or, or you got to look elegant. You know, you can just the choice is that you just happen to be wearing like a tailored garment. And yeah. um, 
And like I said, I think uh, we, we had a bonus pod on it, but uh, basically I'm, I'm in the same boat where, you know, um, I, I wore tailoring a lot during quarantine, uh, maybe more than I should have. Uh, and I still wore a tie, but when we go out, the, I, I tend to make it like edgier now, like kind of like what I was before, like it, the kind of stuff that is a little bit about stunting on, like I said, like stunting in a good way where you're kind of like, you know, you're peacocking a little bit. Maybe that's kind of the better word. Mm. Um, it's like recently Spencer and I went to a bar, uh, no, a brewery because we're outside in a little corner. <laughs> like that was like, and like no one sat yeah. next to us, which was good. Um, it was kind of but, funny because like we were in their outdoor area and it was like, oh, yeah. this is so empty. And then like we walked in the parking lot and saw like the other part of the outdoor area. It just, yeah. It's like, that's where all the people were. Okay. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean, good for us, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah. you know, like, yeah, I, it, uh, I, I've on the weekends I, t- I typically wear like tailoring you know like you guys have seen on my Instagram I still dress up wear my custom suits and and uh, spirit point collars but on this side I decided to wear jeans and Chelsea boots and a sport coat and like a sport shirt and it's I still wore that stuff before but it's like oh I can't I can't wait to like to be the cool Ethan again and not the dapper Ethan <laughs> you know yeah um, so hopefully people get that idea because I, I mean I think we're seeing a little bit of it but of course like I said it's kind of 50 50 in terms of how you're approaching it. Maybe if you do like the idea of dressing up, you do want to try out tailoring. You know, I think my friend Adam is kind of in that now. Also, we've talked about him before, but, um, you know, now as quarantine as stuff ends, you know, he's got a girlfriend. He does want to wear like OCBDs and like loafers and jeans and not what he wore like before, like a hoodie during quarantine, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's cool to know that he is able to kind of approach it without the formal, like, like, you know, him and his girlfriend don't think the OCBD is like, Oh, a dress shirt anymore. Like, it's just the cool thing that he decided to put on, which is mm-hmm. again, I hope that's what people like, but let's shift over now to the brand side and how we think brands are going to adapt uh, in the future of this because unfortunately as uh things start to as as we've said before menswear is not going to be at the same level that just means that these brands are not going to be able to make the things that that maybe that they used to because the demand isn't there and as we also talked about um it's like we, we like uh, when Brooks Brothers went out of business. What like yeah. this like English silk company uh, lost like f- like what like forty percent of their business. I think yeah. Henrik brought this up. He would now be a figure. We'll look it up. But yeah, shit like that is happening. Um, yeah. where a lot of menswear, like a lot of like mills or uh, like leather workers or whatever, like these are all very old, very niche. Uh, techniques that not a lot of people are doing anymore um and so as time goes on you're not going to have the scottish knitwear industry to make these really traditional knits or whatever that everyone yeah. wants to sell yeah because it's like and so and that's I... that's the sad thing is we're losing we're losing a lot of tradition uh just because the money isn't there anymore yeah you know as as people don't have to buy office stuff then the, the, the Brooks Brothers doesn't have to buy cotton from these mills and the mills go out of business. And then when things come back up, who's going to make the cotton for those shirts, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. So it's, it's really, it's really tough there. I mean, that that's something that we don't really have any kind of discussion on. Not, well, not discussion, but like all we can do is be sad, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, also I mean, like, we can't do anything. I, I don't know enough about like the inner workings of the menswear trade to like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because, know. In, in that in that clubhouse, you know, I mean, all these guys are kind of hopeful, but it's also like no amount of cultural shift is ever going to do. And, and menswear, like it's it sounds sad for me to say, but menswear is dying. It has been dying for like since the beginning of the, you know, the golden era. Every year since then, it people dress up less and less. People wear tailoring less and less. Mm-hmm. And that. Uh, all all we can do is subvert the expectations of of the roots about it and dress the way we want to, but that I I do re- realize that that is not going to save the industry and I, there is no there is nothing I I can think of that will save it you know because the only other option is to force people to wear suits that will and that will keep the mills <laughs> alive but that is not what we want you know yeah. um and so. If people aren't dressing up, what this t- typically looks like, right, is the brands are going to shift their focus and what they're putting out to something else, you know? And mm. this is kind of where a big discussion of our stream was. We talk about the sameness of, like, ALD, Drake's, um, 
Noah, Rowing Blazers. And um, if we talk about any kind of trend, right, that's going on through menswear, um, it's kind of like this, like, New York skate meets prep kind of a thing. Kind of very Ralph, like, 90s Ralph resurgence, yeah. branded, you know, I mean, kind like, of look. It's kind of taking streetwear elements and, and putting it into menswear. Right, which is kind of funny because streetwear is was like an exaggeration and inspired by like menswear originally, like you know, like yeah. baggy shorts and polo shirts and all that kind of shit, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just interesting to see because like the idea is that of course you can't wear a suit if you know if you don't want to and it's if you're in you're perceiving it as stuffy, but. You can wear a button-up shirt and chinos, and here's how you and here's this lookbook from any of these brands that show you how to wear it without looking like a rich asshole or a uh, a guy who's trying too hard with a fedora and a top hat or something like that, you yeah. know. Um, and I don't, I have in the notes here the streetwear resurgence, but I think this is kind of like the the actual menswear resurgence where people are able to kind of see these things and realize, okay, well. This ALD lookbook, they're wearing carpenter pants and these wearing dickies. They're not wearing, I don't know, the latest Adidas collaboration tracksuit, right? They're kind of, it's going in this other kind of work wary direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and these, and these lookbooks are wearing those things that are kind of streetwear, kind of indie as well. But then with like two-tone loafers, you know, like Throwing Fits guys. You know, I think Throwing Fits is a good example yeah. of this of this combination of where, like, that that kind of menswear-adjacent, streetwear-adjacent look is, is going into. Um, and I, I don't know if it's exactly inspired or, or brought on by COVID. You know, we're saying, okay, well, if you can't wear the jacket, you just wear the button-up. But I, I, I think it's half that and half of, well, Throwing Fits in the post-sneaker yeah. world, like I said, where people are being increasingly... Um, aware of all the collabs post sneaker world stuff that they want the classics and these are a good way of again like doing classics with a little bit of a twist um, yeah. and especially as people as, as thrifting gets bigger archival fashion gets bigger you know going revisiting old, old just old stuff in general you know like like Spencer said on stream where people are you know rewatching uh, the Sopranos and, hmm. and COVID and everything there's that this nostalgia right about about mm-hmm. it uh, about kind of culture going on right now and going back to all those you know 90s stuff uh, they're just these brands are kind of redoing it and I'm sure that yeah. as supply chain stuff gets faster these brands are you know maybe not super fast as like H&M but they're able to kind of latch on to this idea and that's why all these lookbooks kind of look the same it's kind of I mean, like, you know some something I thought was interesting and I brought this up on the stream was that yeah. um, you see, and this is, you know, again, menswear meets streetwear stuff. You see a lot of like menswear brands marketing like streetwear, like, you know, like doing, you know, how Nike inter- announces a reissue of a sneaker where all of a sudden you have Ralph Lauren being like, we're reissuing this sport coat first seen in catalogs in like 1971 or whatever. Um, where yeah, all of a sudden you're yeah, like menswear places are doing archival pieces, uh, which is which is interesting. You didn't, I don't really think you saw that much before. Yeah, usually it was like you know like a special anniversary kind of a thing, but now it's kind of happening. Maybe it's because we've kind of reached a peak in fashion again. The if you guys don't know about the post sneaker world thing, I, I would look it up with like some throwing fit stuff. But I think it basically means like the for a while the ultimate step for a brand to do was to collab with someone and to kind of that that was like you know because like high-end couture and like crazy really crazy fashion stuff is still inaccessible to to a lot of people just based on price point and so Mm -hmm. you would like collab to make it there right like you get like i don't know like like supreme x something you know dominoes or whatever like that that was kind of a cool signifier that is aspirational and people can latch on to but it's in the past couple years it's become so saturated you know and and so designer focused and everything that the only thing to do is to go look backward right people just kind of do what they do and that's kind of when they wrote we wrote about like the the marvelization of menswear you kind of just do what's worked for you and you just kind of keep doing it and Mm -hmm. the I, uh, fashion is so new and so ever changing that it maybe we don't recognize it as much as we have with like Netflix shows and Marvel and movies and blockbusters. But the people, I mean, I I've kind of noticed it, and I think that that's just, this is kind of 
what we've seen from all these lookbooks that kind of look the same where yeah they're reissuing stuff they're being inspired by something like like j crew made you know they had a time where they remade their their barn coat from the 80s like from like 1980 mm-hmm. something you yeah, know the j crew always collection yeah that was short all like reissues of i think it's still around um, oh yeah it was at least it was at least around the entire time i was there um and i i think they still do like teas and stuff like heavyweight teas and rugby's. right well it's kind yeah. of like you know they're trying to recapture what you know the vintage because the vintage market's so big now right the real real mm-hmm. all the poshmark and um deep pop is poshmark and you even see yeah you even yeah. see like big brands getting into reselling vintage from their own shit now yeah like, a exactly. lot of brands have like buyback programs um they're getting in on the secondhand market. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, you have you have a little bit of that. You have people literally doing vintage, uh, like Wooden Sleepers collaborating with a lot of these men's brands to sell, like, the old J-Press stuff. Um, he did L.L. Bean, too, right? L.L. Bean, that's right. That's right, yeah. Um, and then you have the other side of people, okay, well, if, they can, if they're a new brand, they just kind of start styling themselves out after it. Um, and... One aspect of the sameness is that all these brands are kind of in the same vein doing the casual menswear thing. Like, like maybe ALD and, and Noah and uh, are kind of already in that vein of like the streetwear thing. But then you have brands like Drake's who are kind of dipping their shoes into that kind of that like mm-hmm. merch doing idea. Doing a, well. a lot more casual stuff than, yeah. than you would typically see in lookbooks. Yeah, like, you know, like, they have those jersey knit tees now. They've got the game suits. Like, basically, the game suits are, like, their only tailoring that you see in the lookbooks. They still yeah. make the classic stuff, but what's being put on our marketing is typically, like, the more casual things. And you then, of course... Like color block stuff, too. They love the color block now. Yeah, yeah. And the styling, again, is very similar. Again, very prep, kind of streetwear takes on prep. I, I do remember... And, and, and it's, of course, it's still like you're seeing what marketing works. That is still very clear. That's how marketing and advertising is. You know, you kind of see and you do your own spin on what's what's uh, connecting with an audience. But I remember like seeing, we've talked about this before, but like the photography is uh, kind of getting similar now. Like a lot of, a lot of the studio stuff, a lot of these like mm-hmm. New York on the street stuff going on. You know, every every lookbook, uh, every lookbook is there's like uh, it's a collage. It's like a bunch of collage and then there's one really like faded or like monochrome photo as the background. Yeah. And the photo is just of like nature. And then or, they like, have like old city street. Yeah, yeah. They they have like scanned in like pencils and like postcards exactly. and shit. Like that's that's literally so much of lookbooks <laughs> now. And the and I remember in, in the Blamo episode too, they talk about how um What's it called? Like the J Press, I guess, has like a social new social media manager or whatever. I, I don't know if it's still ACL's firm, but like they did a shoot with Timmy Balboa, who used to be part of the Drake's crew, and um, and uh, he uh, he's part of the Bullshot Book Club, and like yeah, mm-hmm. the photography is like him like on the street, you know, with some girl. They're both wearing like rugby shirts tied around their waist, and it's like oh, it's kind of Drake's, right? And then you have like the Bullshot Book Club, right, where they're like you know, reading this book out, wearing, like, a hoodie under Taylor, and they're like, what? You're catching me t- writing on here, you know? And it's yeah. kind of wait, wait, Fred is, Castleberry-esque. Is, well, is Fred, kind of yeah, I was going to say, is, is Fred in the Bullshot Book Club? He's not, right? You know, he is, he is. But I think it oh, was still is? shot by somebody is... else, yeah. Okay, so he's not the yeah, one shooting it. Yeah, and I don't think he shot the stuff for, for, um, for J-Press either, but there's still that kind of yeah. vibe, you know? It's still very, I mean, you know, uh... I, I have yet to see like an uh, an LA focusing because all these brands are still very New York again. Wearing places in New York, ALD is in New York, J Press is in New it's, York. It's, it's the fashion you know? capital of the world. That's right. <laughs> so it, it makes least. sense yeah. to kind of see all that kind of stuff, you know. And and I, it's weird because it, is is this nostalgia? Is this like this kind of merch focus? And, and I do want to talk about merch in the future because that's kind of like a big thing going on in menswear. The fake merch as a brand kind of a thing, you know. Drake's mm-hmm. has the haberdasher stuff. Roaring Blazers makes merch of like NBA stuff meets preppy stuff, you know. So it's that's kind of like a big deal in in, in menswear where it's it's like the sneaker world, but it's more classic. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. they're, they're finding a way to kind of capture that, you know. Um, but like we do see, yeah, it's like who needs uh, a Chicago Bulls uh, fucking sweatshirt when instead you can get a like a rugby shirt with the Chicago Bulls logo or a scarf. Yeah, and you, and the, and then that will will supplant your like post 
post-COVID attire where you want to be dressed up, but, like, not really. Like, you know, you can't wear a Bulls, yeah, Bulls jersey or snapback to work, but you can wear the rugby, you know? Yeah. it's That's kind of interesting. Um, but I do want to say, though, that... Uh, menswear it is slowly catching up. The classic menswear is doing like collabs a little bit, you know. Like you got like, I think one of the original ones was the uh, the dye workwear tweed, like that silk tweed that he used to make, and mm-hmm. then Permanent Style makes his own like Oxford cloth, and of and course the Negroni tweed, the Negroni <laughs> yeah. tweed. You know, the biggest influencer in menswear probably. You know, uh, Matt Hranick has done a lot. He's got the Negroni yeah. tweed, which is actually a really great colorway. It's I really nice do color, like yeah. it. And I mean, I like. It, how- like I'm sure we'll talk more about this in the the merch episode. I don't know if any of this counts as merch, but that is stuff like the Negroni tweed or a special like silk, you know, cloth, whatever. That's a that's the cool way to do merch. That's a very cool way to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then you also see these uh, other than uh, Matt Hranick, you know, doing the stuff. But by the way, we should maybe have like a, have like a boba tweed or something. I don't know. Pur- purple tight. tweed sounds crazy. Maybe like boba corduroy or something. I don't know. A tie. A tie. Uh, yeah, a tie would work. Well, we could do uh, uh, mine would just be uh, black milk tea with boba because I get the boring order. So it's just like kind of a nice creamy medium brown. Yeah. And then you, you can get the, the taro. Yeah, the taro. Yeah. I mean, I wish I can't get uh, I can't get Thai tea because that's orange, which is a little too close to the Negroni yeah. tweed. Well, how about this? How about this? It could be like a tan with like maybe darker brown flecks to simulate the boba. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's the that's the milk tea tweed. <laughs> the milk tweed. Milk tweed. Milk tweed. <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, but then you also <laughs> see like, you know, these classic mentor brands like, you know, collaborating with like Noah or RB, like Barber and everything. Um, which is kind of a fun, you know, thing to see here. Maybe that's like the like a peak peak collaboration. You know, interested to see what happens peak there. Yeah, PC, yeah. <laughs> PC culture, man. <laughs> peak collab culture. <laughs> um, but okay. So next, I think right here is if if the mainstream menswear is going in this very you know merch driven casual preppy meet streetwear kind of thing. I think something that that Eric in the in the in the Discord brought up is the feet like Asia is kind of like the dark horse in menswear because there is still that huge tailoring culture there. I mean, that's why some of the best dressed people at Pity are the Japanese sellers because they they have it and you know for full for full context right these these guys kind of approach dressing without the heritage culture of the west right you don't have like the old money thing i mean mean, you do have have that they they don't they just like it's not the same thing there because they adopted all of this like colonial like what like 70 years ago (laughs) yeah yeah as 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 markets opened up right japan you know booming after the post-war yeah they started to wear suits and they kind of did it you know you can read ambitora but it's, it's a different thing to signal that you like american stuff than to be an American and do it because your dad did it and your grandpa wore a suit and your great grandparents wore tuxedos to dinner. You know, it's a little a bit of a different vibe here. Um, and of course, we're generalizing, but you know, there is that, you know, that that kind of fun thing where I think Asian cultures like Japan, China, the Philippines, Indonesia, tailoring is kind of just like a fashion thing. There, it's just something mm-hmm. that people do. Um, I can't speak again. I have I've only been there a little bit. But um, and of course, there are salarymen who have to wear suits there, but that's still kind of a big part of it. But um, I mean, someone was saying that in China, there's not the same like work uniform culture where most people, most offices are very casual, right? Maybe I, I don't remember that exactly, but I mean, that that, okay. that sounds that sounds like it could be true. I mean, leave us a comment and leave us a me- message if that's if you remember where that came from. Um, but yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's still, it's still just, you know, so, so different, um, Mm -hmm. that you, that you have there. I mean, you know, going into like beams or whatever, and all these Japanese stories, when I went there, there's still a lot of tailoring could just be the bias of where I went, (laughs) but you know, and going back to an earlier point about all these, you know, like traditional industries that support menswear (laughs) failing Mm -hmm. as Kyoshi has brought up, if, uh, Alden dips in pop popularity in Japan, they are over. And I imagine yeah. that might be the case for a couple other uh, Western brands. Yeah, I so, mean, you better, yeah, you be- we better hope that they they keep being into menswear. You know, better hope that it stays popular over there. 
Yeah, I think he said like if if Japan stops buying like shell cordovan shoes, shell cordovan's gonna stop ha- happening because it's expensive yeah, to make. I mean, no that's more. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like you have that where you know, like I think J Press for a while looked kind of shitty on their social media, but the J Press Japan account was like so big, you know, it's so mm-hmm. good, um, and it's kind of like this this weird idea, you know, where. Lots of menswear guys have to use like 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 ring jacket, right? Like that was kind of a big deal in hashtag menswear, where people yeah. realized early on that you couldn't get the cool stuff, even though you know Mad Men and Brooks Brothers, whatever. But you couldn't get the cool stuff from that from American made stuff. They had to go to Japan. You know these brands are moving in that direction where. The, uh, even in production wise right we're like that's why production moved from america not just because it's cheaper you know in terms of like you know the auto industry or teching stuff but like in terms of like well-made quality stuff men's yeah. brands had to go somewhere else because they just exactly as as interest in america as i said has been declining since the go- literally the golden era every year since you know these other places just kind of do it better jeans and i mean it's happened are made in yeah Japan. exactly yeah. it's yeah. happened i was gonna say it's happened with denim like this exact thing that we're talking about has happened with denim where now there's like no denim being manufactured in the united states like or at least the, good the white oh, yeah. like white oak cone mills or whatever uh cone mills like is gone all like all the best jeans are made in Japan now because there's just not the industry to support it here. Right. And I think that people are going to have to fucking realize that because, you know, I, I remember I was talking with, um, um, well, even, even when I was doing retail and they're like, Oh, why, why, why should I buy these Japanese jeans? I'm like, well, cause they're way better made than anything in America mm-hmm. right now. Um, uh, but I know like, like, um, these, um, like 316, I think came out with this, like this, uh, like, uh, Indian made, like, like, loose knit kind of shirt that you kind of see right um like the kind of uh indigo dyed whatever really cool stuff you kind of see 18 east kind of stuff you see you know lots of places yeah. kind of going in this direction and it's it's hard because they, they told me like you know their customers are not used to like oh well 316 is supposed to be made in america hardcore denim stuff what happened like why are you guys going to india for this kind of stuff and I'm, I'm sure the western supremacy and 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 american exceptionalism it plays a big yeah. deal there but it's still kind of like you gotta go where the where the where the uh the quality is where the designs yeah, and are I'm sure, and i'm sure someone brought this brought this up on stream but it's like yeah again there's just not that same kind of like local artisanal specialty craftsmanship that you find like that's why brands are now doing you know it's like you know we 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 these shirts or these scarves whatever are made by like african craftsmen using this ancient technique or you know in india or asia and they're doing that because that uh, that just tradition doesn't exist in America anymore. I mean, yeah. there used to be like regional specialties and stuff like that here, but it just doesn't exist. So you have to go elsewhere for that. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why all the suits are made everywhere else, Italy, and not just in factories, but people have to go to these places to get bespoke tailoring, you know, and I'm sure it's still really hard to do an American made one. I mean, it's not like it's not like you can't, but the it's it's gonna be hard to sustain here especially in america like i said people just don't dress up as much you know in, in general mm-hmm. but that, that indian thing uh the indian made the loomed like handmade knit stuff is kind of interesting because i think a lot of inspiration is coming from elsewhere now too not just like streetwear yeah. but like you have like the 18e stuff evan canori where it's kind of got like a slight i don't want to say it's exotic but like you know just just not a traditionally american or western kind of styling and i think that that's cool you know and i think that's what happens and i made this point in the stream where uh lots of netflix content is like the same now or or like a calgary and stuff and my dad's example where instead of watching like american like action movies he watches like indian action movies and like korean hmm. action movies because they kind of keep that spirit alive and maybe it's because it's kind of like a genre throwback where like maybe like these korean shows and and movies are just kind of remaking old american stuff but the new American stuff doesn't remake the, like, I'm talking about like old school, like 80s style kind of stuff like that. Where like nowadays over the top action. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's like, you know, you got to go where that is. Right. And it's kind of like, uh, uh, I also made this point too, where, you know, America stopped using pop stars and boy bands, but the big thing was all K-pop. And that like, and it was a Hmm. new place for people to kind of attach. It's like, you know, um, 
this hardcore fandom, you know, follow like, like, you know, when people like follow these things and have like, you know, their Instagram backgrounds and like accounts dedicated to these, these celebrities with like all these edits, it reminds me in like the, when, when I was a kid with InSync and you have like that clear part on top of your folder with all those stickers. And it's like, we're just doing that again, but they're not American. And I think that's incredibly cool. And it shows you like, you know, as things keep moving too far forward, you're going to feel, you're going to, you know, like, like we said with like brands, the thing to do is just kind of, looked to what's happened in the in the past or even even yeah. further than recent past uh, recent history and kind of just revive um really old stuff because that's what's kind of different like i've said this before about about superhero movies or like james bond where i would love it if they took these characters and made and set them in the era that they were created because i think that that's a kind of a fun way of putting yeah. a spin on it instead of being like but overly again, edgy you know and this is again like a kind of the same thing as your netflix point but um movies now because there's such a big overseas market that there wasn't they have to be you like they have to have universal appeal in a way that they didn't so a lot of things that are unique culturally to america um don't sell as well overseas which is why you don't i don't think we're seeing a lot of period pieces which might not uh interest overseas audiences much and we're not seeing as many like big mainstream comedy movies um, because co- humor does not uh, translate yeah. well overseas, typically. Right, and and it's such a weird thing because I think that someone brought this up too, where uh, movies, like single genre movies, are like a uniquely American thing or like a Western mm-hmm. thing, where like you know you've got like Parasite, which is like a multi genre kind of a subversion, and that is kind of proof that you could have you know an expanded, you know, a more nuanced film kind of break out into the mainstream but that's also you got a lot of stuff going behind that too you know it's a foreign language or at least to america it's a foreign language film um but it's so commonplace in korea for that kind of a thing to happen right and Mm -hmm. like the same thing with like you know why anime never really catches in america like in a mainstream way because anime is much more nuanced than people think but american cartoons are so singular that like you can't like fathom like drama and comedy all in one thing you know and from from an animated show you know, and they it's watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> God, <laughs> yeah, only high Q, high high Q yeah. people. High Q, yeah, high Q. I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke some weed with QAnon. Yeah. Oh, uh, high Q. High Q is also a Japanese. Uh, uh, it's not spelled the way that you're thinking, but it's uh, it's yeah. a Japanese. Uh, it's a volleyball anime, which is really good. Um. But yeah, you know, I think that what 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 has to happen in the future as we kind of get close to kind of summing everything up is you know, it's like it's like a balance between staying alive and finding what works so you can stay alive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's and as cons- as and as guys as you know, people in the Discord, you know, not many of us work in the industry, but like we're mainly consumers. And one reason why I think Spencer and I and if it comes off that we're cynical, it's because we are. Because as people who are into vintage, we realize that these things, that, that clothing will go away and it'll be really yeah. hard to find what we really want. And it's like, it does sound it does sound like cheesy and like very like, ah, oh, the good old days. But we've talked about this before where when you, when you start buying vintage suits from the 30s, it's like pretty unbelievable how well made... Yeah, the like very regular garments like that people are buying off the rack are so like we got introduced seeing it's like, oh, there has been a a decline. (laughs) Like we started (laughs) getting it's like, obviously, there's still like, don't get me wrong. There's still like incredibly high quality stuff out there and we still love a lot of modern brands, but it's not as accessible um, or it's not as commonplace that level of quality as it once was. Yeah, no, exactly. And even, like, stylistically, I mean, like we've said before, when tailoring was king, everything was based on tailoring, even casual stuff. And nowadays, you know, it's it's really hard to find that kind of mix. And so Spencer and I are used to just being very niche with our taste. And if it's mm-hmm. gone forever, then it's gone forever. Yeah. I, I really think, I mean, like, ties are probably what's going to die. Like, that's what's probably going to be gone for sure. You know, only office people wear ties and well weddings right and mm-hmm. i i think we recall like uh, brio uh, which is a classic menswear store in china in beijing um they uh, he says that uh uh someone well someone said that ties are basically um 
decorations there. Like they're just there to like kind of show that they are a haberdasher, but not many people buy them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's unfortunate. But I and I say like, oh man, I wish I could buy more, but I also haven't bought a tie in so long. Not it's also because I've had a lot of ties already, but. I don't know. Nothing's really exciting out there, you know. Even even now, the only thing that that I think will happen is that tailoring is going to go further and further to only being made to order. That's like that's mm-hmm. what's probably going to happen because why waste the money on buying and taking up space in your store or your warehouse when people are not going to get it? And I think you know yeah. it's and, and it's it's a better investment if it's made for you, but then. Uh, again all these mills not all of their stuff goes to bespoke again a lot of it goes to ready to wear so if the ready to wear section dies are these mills going to still be able to produce what is needed for custom you know so it's still kind of a scary thought um and again i guess the only real the only real ready to wear markets i think are still in asian countries like i still like lately the only ready to wear stuff i bought is ring jacket right everything else has been mm-hmm. like custom through my friend atelier fugue through future and hall madden through ascot chang shirts so yeah i really don't think you know that that that's what's gonna uh it's gonna work out like that i mean even even the rise of d to c brands right they don't they go they don't they're not in a retail store anymore they're direct to consumer no. and they're cutting out the middleman yeah they cut out know? the middleman do you know why clothes are so expensive <laughs> It's because of the middleman and their yeah. markups. That's what Everlane told me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you should but, get rid uh, of this middleman guy. I mean, it seems like everyone would be much happier. You just kill got him. rid of him. Gotta, gotta kill that get, guy. Get out of the middle, guy. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I, I'm also curious to see, like, is this hap- Is this exacerbated by COVID? It probably is. But I'm wondering I think, if, if I think France... all of this. I think all of this would have happened. It's just been accelerated by covid by lockdown right i mean you know you like i'm wondering if like all the stuff with drake's because even if they can do stuff quickly now you know supply chains again are better than they were in in the 90s or 2000s Uh, but i wonder did was this always what drake's wanted to do as a focus of the lookbooks was it always going to be the t-shirts the game suits and whatever you know or is that just a reaction and a shift from the covid thing right i mean i'm sure it would happen eventually but i'm curious you know again how how fast it would have been um yeah but then it's again it's also cool on the flip side to see and see these brands do a lot of tailoring stuff i mean i i think i mentioned on stream fear of god did a did a did a like a lookbook and a lot of it had like tailoring and and cricket uh cricket sweaters i think and cable knits and that's kind of a big thing um and mm-hmm. as our friend chuck said cricket sweaters might be like the latest trend you know in menswear just like how like the chore coat was kind of a thing i think the cricket sweater like it's kind of like a fun throwback it's casual it's practical it's kind of preppy when you got in, in very like 90s ralph you know that mm-hmm. kind of idea it's it's still there um so I mean I'm sure there's going to be trends, but I don't you know I don't know how long it's going to last. Like we said, these these things are often so quick in the lexicon of menswear and and fashion, and then they just kind of leave on to like whatever the next thing is, or it's just incredibly niche that it doesn't really catch on in general in in the mainstream. Um, because like Spencer well, said, it's all fractaled, right? Fractured, yeah. fractured Earth. <laughs> it's the uh, is that a thing? No, that's hollow. Oh, that it's hollow weird. Earth. Hollow Earth from Godzilla uh, v. Kong. Or is it Kong v. Godzilla? I think it's Godzilla v. Kong. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah, I forgot that the Godzilla franchise is like a Hollow Earth franchise. <laughs> like, it's a pro-Hollow Earth movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, I think Fractured Earth is from the Aether storyline. Because at the, at the end of Black Ops 2 you launch rockets at the earth to destroy the zombies, but then it turns out it just makes it worse because then Agartha spills out from inside. The- I think, the- I think, uh, oh, I you think, don't want that to happen. Yeah. I think the Aether storyline is also hollow earth. I think Agartha is inside the earth. So then when you blow it up, like it releases the dark Aether into the world, look up the zombie storyline, so by the way. Um, but I think the last point here, right. Is um, worst case scenario. The suit in the mainstream is just a wedding it's like a wedding dress right like yeah it's like it's like something you drop a ton of money on once and that's that's it yeah you know and it still gets bigger i mean and people still buy them you know that's literally every person that kiyoshi has 
uh, as a client is getting married. <laughs> you know, like that's mm-hmm. basically what it is. You don't really have like, like you, not only is there less business guys doing it, but there's also like like the Ethans of the world who buy custom clothing to approximate the image in their head. That is a very small minority of of any kind of purchase of tailoring and ties and button ups and everything like that. You know, it's uh-huh. so neat. You, we the hashtag menswear cannot save menswear in general like yeah. that's not that's not what's gonna happen it's uh men yeah i think it's like if you're in menswear i think you might it's easy to have an inflated opinion about how much people uh know about menswear or care about it just because you see it a lot right but it's like you know there's like like three thousand people who are who are like us in the whole world and that's about it um but you know yeah no it's it's really I, I, I know that because because men's where you know you connect with the shop owners you connect with these people and you want to be hopeful but I mean get off your high horse man it's, it's dead mm-hmm. you know like uh, as much as we can be in the in the rooms uh, that that matter uh, the rooms are small and the rooms that we have do not have the purchasing power to save it you know what I mean like and yeah. It. I mean, it's still okay. Like, like Hurtling was gonna go out of business for a while, and they came back, right? And they were able to kind of jumpstart that, you know, uh, shirt makers shift into making the PPE stuff, and 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 these places are starting to go back to business like normal. So maybe we're just being overly cynical again. We're like vintage wear, where we just realize that what we like is rare, and it's okay that people aren't gonna be into it. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. just. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. I mean. In terms of the outside stuff too, right? Camp friendly pines. <laughs> That's the, the the peak the peak thing of like kind of also being into that kind of streetwear meets menswear because it's so I love the I love the brand, why this cool, but it's like going from slow west and then being basically what looks like an ALD lookbook meets Noah meets Drake's all the stuff kind of combined in also yeah, kind shot of, in New York. Like high end LL Bean stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still kind of showing that that's kind of like the current direction. I mean, and it's very throwing fits too. You know, like green camp mocks made by Yucatan with like a like mm-hmm. a like a fun like uh, beacon blanket style like camp shirt with literally camp friendly pines on the back there. You know, with like a dad cap. You know, it's still it's yeah. it's that whole thing. It's it's the peak. And I, hey man, I wonder if uh, what's the what's the sad head aesthetic? When are we gonna get our mainstream throwing fits treatment, man? Come on, where's our? Yeah, we need to do. I wanna I wanna do a collab with somebody. Someone collab with us. We, hey, we I don't know if it'll <laughs> sell out, but you know, uh, as much as we, as much as we love our Clark Clark and Barba, which makes our bags, which I do use. Uh, yeah. It's proof that uh, as much as we love to do a collab, I don't think we were able to move product, man. I don't think we're that. <laughs> Hey, well, the hey, Discord... let's not say that. Just you know, that was a prank. We're actually able to move a lot of product. Hey, and, the Discord uh, bought the uh, Mad King George uh, punk rock hat, right? Jason actually yeah. sold out of those things, so uh, uh, we can sell to our friends. <laughs> we can sell to our friends. So if you if you own a brand out there and would like to collab with us, we will sell more so much product that your head will spin. So uh, please, <laughs> please take us on. That's right. Yeah, close that fridge. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this this kind of discussion episode. I mean, it's uh kind of goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about, how we approach clothing, and this is kind of what we think about clothing in general. This um, is what we think about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I think about. <laughs> yeah. Call back. Um, but yeah, you know, I I think I don't know if we'll do another stream topic on this because I'm I'm sure other people have. We a, already did one. <laughs> we already did one, but maybe we'll have to do a follow up or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, feel free to look at the the show notes on this or the essay, the brief the brief one that I've written in colla- in collaboration with myself actually uh, on this um, topic. Um, but but yeah, uh, we we hope that you join in the conversation because this stuff happens a lot. If you go to our Patreon, our patreon.com slash down direction, $5 a month. It will get you access to our discord where we do lots of stuff like this. We, we talk about this a lot on stream in the chats. There's lots of different channels out there. Lots of clothing going around, not just from the shopping links that we all find, but from our literal closets. Yeah. People it's spring cleaning people. 
That's right. It's uh, it's time to get rid of the clothes that you don't wear and give them to someone else, you know? And that's um, what's happening. And uh, also, we want to say thank you to our Sadcast fanatics, our top-tier patrons who give us $10 a month. And we say your name. So thank you to Austin Malott, Shane Curry, Philip Gagard, Audrey Jessica, and Jeremy Ostriker. Thank you very much. But Spencer, what can you do if you don't want to do that? Well, I mean, of course, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review if you write something. If you write a little review, that would be helpful. If not, just leave us the five stars. That'll speak for itself, I'm sure. Yeah, the stars um, speak yeah, for that, themselves. This, yeah, let this. All the stars are here. It's a little Norm Macdonald for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, leave us a review. That helps us out. That helps uh, Apple will recommend it to more people. And we don't pay for advertising, so that's uh, word of mouth, and that we, is basically the only way that we can yeah, get a and new pa- audience. Patreon is what pays us for me to do the social media content. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only paid advertising. It's just that's just in-house content. <laughs> yeah exactly uh so feel free to also share follow us follow us on instagram sound direction all spelled out on instagram i'm at ethan m wong i'm at spencer dso and thank you to our producers matt and mj for bearing with us through and also listening thank you and so going, much yeah going through this literal conversation twice because they were there during the original stream um and and also thank you to um i know they didn't pay for it but i think thank you to henrik and eric for contributing to the notes of our discussion today and contributing to the original stream on this topic it really helped us kind of flash this stuff out um and uh yeah we'll uh see you guys in the next one oh yeah we stream stream twice a week uh 8 (laughs) p.m saturday (laughs) saturday 8 p.m pacific that's right Uh, Uh, wednesday we game saturday we will have a menswear discussion that's right please join in that's right. Uh, join in the conversation. Tap in and to tap in, you know. Clo- tap close in! That- tap in and close that fridge. We'll see you guys in the next okay. one. Bye-bye! Bye-bye. Bye-bye.